0: to Creativity Conversations, episode 11. This conversation is an absolute treat for me because I get to talk to creative people who live creative lives because they understand the nature of creativity, they embody it, and they share that understanding with others. Today, we have the wild and crazy Saab Will. Saab, I'm going to read your bio here. Originally from Britain, Saab has been exploring the human creative experience in Paris for over 25 years. He writes words, makes pictures, and encourages creativity and connectedness in every day on a scale that would make most of us make our heads spin. So he spends half his time photographing, is that a word? Writing and painting and sharing his work, and the other half helping others to be as creative as they would love to be. His many talents are reflected in his multiple websites, We'll go through those later because nobody will remember them at this point. Saab, welcome. I thought I only had one or two questions for you, but I actually have a number and I keep getting them. So rather than me starting off with a question, how about you just start anywhere and we'll turn this into a free form?
1: Okay, great. Okay. I don't know how this works uh, as a sort of guest on a Zoom thing because I haven't done it that way before. Ah. Hello, everyone, by the way. You just said something just now, you said photography photographying or something like that, and that's a good example of creativity, actually you know, just inventing a word. I like the word poetic poetizing or poetis, poeticizing. The thing with creativity is it's about bringing something into being that didn't exist in that form before so i I truly believe that we're all creative. I know other guests of yours have said this, but I, I agree we're all creative fundamentally so Creativity as, as such, it isn't even a thing. It's just some sort of weird concept. For me, I mean, creativity, it's not a thing, but baking a cake is and painting a picture is. So... You know, it's kind of a, a word I grabbed hold of and I use it a lot. It's not really a thing.
0: <laughs> Could be kind of a fuel, don't you think? Or a, yeah. an energy or a, it's something invisible that makes things visible.
1: I, I'm kind of wary of words, which is, where, which is why I don't mind inventing them. If I feel that the word I want to use doesn't exist, then I'll, I'll, I'll put it into an article or into a poem for sure. I mean, I could get really deep and meaningful right away and say that I kind of think we are creativity. Creativity is us, you know, <laughs> creativity are us. Just the fact of being here, we were brought into being in this form by a, by the ultimate creative act. So it's kind of a buzzword, but I, I don't think anyone has any more creativity than anyone else. You know, you, me, everybody. It might even be the same creativity. You know, we're all sort of dipping in or drinking from the same creative well. I, I make no claims whatsoever to be any more creative than anyone else because I think we're all connected anyway, so you know if I create something it 's nothing until I've shown it to somebody else who will then do something with it through their reality so but but i do I do love creativity. I find it's a really nice way to to look at things to live my life uh, as a kind of buzzword. I think that helping people to be as creative as they would love to be is a great way to to lead a nice life i think that um i think that creating on a regular basis literally something with your hands you know something that you can hold up afterwards and say look i did this it's really a great way to, to feel that you're living a, a a worthwhile fulfilling and generous life so that's my thing you know it's just a thing but that's my thing and i like it
0: so i think we first came across one another with michael neal's creating the impossible program possibly (laughs) and i think it's likely so that was a few years ago and got a book by the same name creating the impossible so i thought i would ask you what's impossible about creating
1: well in relation to michael neal calling his book creating the impossible you'd have to ask him i think we're creative all the time and it's impossible not to be creative then you could say yeah but you know being creative through painting, for example. Some people might think that's difficult. So there's two types of creativity. One is the one that surrounds us and we can't avoid. We're being creative all the time. We're we're creating our lives from second to second. The other is, you know, more, more traditional. I wish I could write a book. You know, I'd love to write a book, but I just can't get started. Or, you know, I started this painting three years ago and I still haven't finished. So yeah, can you, can you go ask a little bit more about that?
0: Sure. What's occurring to me as you're talking is that the creating isn't the impossible. It's the thinking about the creating that can seem to make it seem impossible to create something. Can't do this because whatever it is, fill in the
2: blank.
1: What I find in traditional creative activities, such as, you know, writing a book, painting, anything which you'd like, often it's in the in the form of a, a hobby. It seems a hobby. And people wish they could do that, but they never seem to get around to it. And sometimes they get to like 40 or 50 years old and they they sort of look back wistfully on what they used to do as a teenager and suddenly think, why did I stop doing that? And I find with the people I, I work with, I find there's like two or three things which are in real obstacles to being creative in that way. And one of them is starting <laughs> and the second is finishing. It's so incredibly difficult sometimes to just start this thing that we claim we are really desperate to do. That's kind of weird. But if you can just start, like night, you know, just do it in this, it's a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. If you can just do it, you almost immediately forget that you were resisting it terribly. You remember that you absolutely love doing it, and then you forget the time. The time disappears. So it's a kind of it's a very, very strange phenomenon. You know, you fight doing what you think you, what you you claim you want to do.
0: Why do you think that is?
1: Maybe it's fear of letting us, letting ourselves freely dive into the unknown. Maybe it's something like that. There's all these sort of things people are always saying like fear of failure and such such like. But I don't know, maybe there's something very, very scary about, uh, I saw Sue waving that. Uh, there's something very sort of scary about letting yourself do something where you don't know what the outcome's gonna be. I mean, I, I remember one of my first paintings many years ago. It was before I invented my, my infinity squared thing, which is now my sort of signature thing. And it was just a, a rectangular board with canvas on it. I had this uh, I- idea for a line, a wavy line. And the colours, it would be abstract. The colours would be very, almost violently opposed along the line, and then they would f- change colour slowly. And as they reached the edge of the picture, they would actually be the same colour. They would have come together. They would always sort of meet round the back, like you know, fascists and uh, radical socialists or something. <laughs> it was basically a line, and then I did a sort of adult colouring, and it took me about three hours to do the damn line. Three hours to touch the virgin canvas i was i was walking around it i think i was even painting on an ironing board at that time i just i just circled the ironing board like a wild animal you know holding this this pencil to make this stupid line and i couldn't do it i was so scared that the mark i made on this virgin canvas would be the wrong mark you know how can you do wrong in abstract but there it is and as soon as i did it oh wow so that's what the line looks like and then i did my coloring and the and the painting became Weird. Weird. Maybe that's part of it, you know? It's scary. We're diving into the unknown. It's almost like we're diving into our own soul. When it's art, there's no there shouldn't be any boundaries to what we expose. So it's diving into our own soul and we're about to expose ourselves to the world, and that's scary.
0: Could be. So one of my musings was, since you brought it up somewhat indirectly, is do you think there's a connection between creativity and spirituality?
1: Apart from the fact that I don't like anything that I don't like labels, including words. So I would see them almost as the same thing, just part of part of life. We, we're leading our lives. I don't like divisions. I don't like, does that mean today I'm going to do creativity and tomorrow, or maybe this evening I'm going to do some spirituality? For me, I don't see it like that. I would like to never have any, any um, divisions at all, including between work and play. Having said that, you know, you might define work as earning money, but then even money is just a concept spirituality and creativity they could be the same thing as far as i'm concerned i think uh, nina you know when you lose yourself in playing with colors for example that's pretty close to that's about as close to god as i ever need or feel that i i get you've lost yourself you're living in the present moment mm. you've lost the, the the concept of time that's pretty close to you know becoming one with the universe
0: i think it's really close
1: maybe it is that's it you know no, I was gonna, when you stop thinking about past and future, and you're in the moment, isn't that it? That is it. That's yeah. it. You've arrived.
0: <laughs> and, and there's something that is moving through you and is being ex- expressed through you. It's, there's this movement of life coming through you that, to me, if we were using concepts, would seem very connected. Almost one.
2: Well,
1: I like people who we consider to be geniuses or masters of whatever, who, who insist that they are, it, it wasn't them. They were just a vector. I'm not a fan of sort of woo-woo stuff like channeling and so on. But to be honest, it's kind of that. If you're painting, where do those ideas come from? Why do you decide to put that color of brushstroke on that part of the canvas or, or click the, the shutter at that moment or write or start your poem with that line? Why? You can't honestly say that you decided because I feel that you become aware of a decision having been taken. But you don't know when it was really taken, or by whom, so channeling, yeah, I think my vectors, I think my vectors, I mean if you do you create something it, it came from all the everything that you've lived in your life, uh, some a book you've just read, someone you just talked to i i, I once i rec- i sometimes have people, they look at my photographs, which are I play around with them, and the objective for my photographs yeah. I, as I say it it's to create something which seems to be halfway between grim reality and a kind of Fantasy dreamland. That's my objective. So I play around with my photographs. And sometimes people will look at a photograph and say, Wow, how did you do that? And I I actually wrote a piece, one of my daily pieces. I wrote it on this. And I said, Ah, well, I, and then I gave my entire life story from being born in Scotland, being shipped down, growing up in England, a year in Australia, moving to France, getting married, divorced, uh, in that order. And um, ups and downs, alcohol, uh, heartbreaks, you know, and at the end of this long, long sort of diatribe. And then I said, and then you then you click there because their original question was, how did you do that photo? And in my little um, my little discourse, this fictitious person says, no, I meant, what app did you use? And it ain't about apps.
0: The app of life.
1: It ain't about apps. No, that's right. That's right. (laughs) Which is why, even if you're a photographer and you think I've taken a photograph, you know, billions of people have taken photographs of the Eiffel Tower. Why bother? Yeah, but you haven't. And you are everything that has ever happened to you and possibly other stuff as well. All the people you've met, all the ups and downs you've had. Your life has led to that second, undeniably, that you press the shutter in front of the Eiffel Tower, for example. So it's not just a sort of banal snapshot of the Eiffel Tower or even an you know, it's, it's more than that. People, I think people need to realize that. People who are a little nervous about exploring their own creativity, they need to realize that they are utterly unique. Utter, they don't have a choice but to be utterly unique.
0: You're reminding me of, of one of my favorite books. I don't know if you've ever read it. It's called, If You Want to Write by Brenda Euland. Okay. Who was a kick-ass lady in the 1900s. She lived till she was in her mid eighties and she taught writing. And her emphasis was all about the fact that we are, we are all geniuses. We all have something unique to say. We're all brilliant. And that it's as important to use that side of our being to experience life as it is to do all the, you know, rational, technical stuff. That's something that I think is, to your point, that most of the time people think, I just have to do this, I just have to do that, I'll use this app, I'll add this. But it has no, there's no awareness of what you're speaking of. All of life at this moment converging in this snapshot, in this poem, in this, Whatever cookie (laughs) in this pie, whatever it is we're creating, but everything is brought to this moment.
1: Not everyone sees it that way. So, which
0: how would you say it would help them if they did? How how do you think that would help them if they did see that?
1: Well, I'm not sure if it's our job to you know to get people to do things the way we'd like them to. I don't even think we should like. I know you didn't say this, but I don't think we need to get people to see things more in a different way. You know, and if they're looking. Then we should be there, I think, because uh, the danger would be we'd fall into the trap of you know proselytizing. I've seen you know I've seen the lights. Join me, join me, friends, and I'll show you a better way to live your life. I think that's rather you know presumptuous, but a lot of people are looking. A lot of people aren't as happy as they thought they would be, yeah. and especially when they've got the the, you know, the usual uh, materialistic trappings. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hang on a second. I thought this was you know I thought I was. Well, I didn't know what I thought, but I thought it would be better than this. So a lot of the people I help or I'm in contact with, they're people who have reached a, a sort of um, maybe a tipping point. You no, know, there was an epiphany of this is a bit crap, actually, and life's going on. And I'd like to do something else, actually. You know, please, please, can I? You know. But by that time, they're often, wow, they've got the the trappings. You know, they've got the family that they, they thought they wanted, which is nice. But that seems to be, it seems to be pretty difficult to change. And they've got, of course, they've got the mortgage to pay all those payments every month and all sorts of reasons, valid reasons, why it's too difficult to change. But they actually would like to be told that that's not true. So that's one of the things that people who are there, They're the ones who I like working with.
0: So what would be one of the first few things that you would point out to them? To who? To those who are asking you for some assistance in going beyond the materialistic trappings and expressing those unexpressed feelings and desires and emotions.
1: They've already got an idea. And they may well be well down the path of, you know, moving on, moving away from materialism towards more deeper stuff don't have to call it spirituality or anything just just deeper stuff you know stuff that is less related to finding happiness through through material possessions and then it's meeting them where they are i can offer when i like i'm i'm, I'm building retreats in paris is my next thing for next year I'm, i've i'm in the process of building master classes which is online and um so i i say quite clearly what they're about um so hopefully people will come wanting that sort of thing but it's, it's a, fundamentally, it's about meeting people where they are, seeing what's up with them and seeing why they wanted to talk. And it's normally for those reasons. It's normally because they aren't as happy as they thought they would be and they would like to be accompanied. You know, there's no, there's no I'm not a fan of, they say that it's good to, to coach people who you're a little bit ahead of, not too far because you're too much of a, you know, towards sort of guru status, but not behind them. They want someone to, they would like to be where you are. not too far ahead so there's not there's not too much of a you know a gap in terms of you know what i mean so i would i try to put myself out there as much as possible hoping to attract people who who like that's what i was going to say i was going to say there's no idea of hierarchy like Mm i'm i'm there wouldn't it be great for you to get where i am i hate this especially this sort of marketing the worst has to be those ads where there's the guy with the sea behind leaning on his you know (laughs) lamborghini with a hot chick next to him you just think come on please please he walks you know casually to the the glass windows of his corner apartment looking over manhattan or whatever and um that's that doesn't work for me but you still i think you still need to to show that you need to be some sort of model otherwise why would people want to work with you yeah how would they know that they they want to work with you unless you put yourself out there i put myself out there through creating a lot of stuff with no pretensions whatsoever you know
0: and and you're would it be accurate to say you're showing them hey look this is what i play with what are you playing with what do you want to play with How does it look to you? Yeah,
1: I think what is nice is when you don't believe something's possible and then you see someone who seems to be doing that. I know I've been inspired by by people who seem to be living a better life than I am. Yeah, maybe giving examples without any sort of pretension.
0: Can you give a specific example of what you mean?
1: Well, I seem to have found the ability to create something new every day. It's very humble. It's what anyone could do. It's a picture of Paris, which is my, I'm not even living in Paris, I'm outside, but it's my... It's the town that I say I've adopted or that adopted me. I'm not really quite sure. And I said that the Eiffel Tower is Lady Eiffel. I call her. It sounds a bit corny. Uh, I call her my muse, my artistic muse. But basically, all I do is I go outside and take a picture, play with it and publish it with some words on top. But I do that every day. And that's quite inspiring, I think. You know, it's not everyone that creates something every day. And then people will say, yeah, but you're, you're, you know, you're living on your own. You've probably got more time than I have. Maybe you've got some money stacked away so you don't have to work. Um, I've got, I've got the house. I've got the job, the stressful job, you know, but um, I live very humbly, very humbly. I mean, I live perfectly happily going into Paris with my rail ticket, taking photographs, coming home, playing with the photographs, writing a text inspired by the photographs and publishing. I'm happy. I'm actually happy. So I, I don't have any big fancy car. I don't want one. I think, I think um, this big adventure of life, there seems to be about three phases. The first is you live it as a, an innocent person, you know, with, without any ideas of what's going on. And then people put all these rules on you. And they say, you know, if you want to be a, a successful person in our society, you have to do this. You have to get this qualification where this sort of suit, say these sort of words and such like. So they, they think, oh, okay. And then they, this is phase two. Then they try to do that. And then phase three is when they realize that was either wrong or not what they want to be doing. And they try to break free. And often it comes full circle. They come back to realising that the money they thought would make them happy doesn't. And they want to go back to the simple life. And anyway, you don't go out with your money, do you? You don't go out with anything. You go out as naked as you came in. So I think a really great thing to do in life is to try to realise that. It's quite, it's quite a common thing, isn't it, in sort of a development path. You, you, you try to understand what has been put onto you. And then you try to, to scrape it off and come yeah. back to the real, the, the, the real beautiful you that's inside to finish your days. It would be nice to finish your days being actually quite happy with your life.
0: Well, that's what I was going to say since you brought it up, is on your deathbed, what would you like to look back and, I know, <laughs> what would you like to look back and say about your life?
1: Maybe the best would be to say I'm quite happy right now. You know, I'm literally happy to be here <laughs> about to say goodbye. You know, I did this funny thing as part of my daily things, one of them, these texts, I just for stuff to come.
0: Speaking of dying, that's
1: rather. There you go. Yeah, I um, for fun, I planned my 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 death as one of my daily uh, texts, and I thought, wouldn't it be great to to have a creative death? You can you know you can think of death however you like. It seems inevitable that we we seem to have been born coming from not quite sure what. <laughs> And it seems that the opposite happens as well. We disappear into something else or whatever. So I thought, if I truly am a creative type, then why don't I imagine a really creative um, going out ceremony? And, uh, you know, I've been through these self-development courses where they do that thing, that exercise, imagine your funeral, and it's kind of uneasy. You imagine these friends saying what they thought of you and that. I thought, for me, creativity, it's not a thing that I do, and aren't I great? it's part of a process. It's a cycle. Actually, I've got this thing that I I like playing with. I call it um, the creativity cycle. And I made it up. I made it up. There's no starting or finishing. You you can start anywhere. Create, share, learn. Or learn, create, share. So my idea is that when you create something, that's fine. But it's, it's an urge to get something out of you that's inside you. Why would you want to do that? It's because you want to touch someone else in in some way and you touch them through them seeing what you've created it's an easier way to touch people sometimes than going up to a stranger and saying hello so you create something but for me that's half the process and the second half is once it's out there a second person coming into contact with it for example a painting so that's the sharing and what happens when you share something that you've created is that you normally get a feedback it's normally wonderful most people are nice and genuine Most people appreciate people who have created something artistic and they will give you some feedback and then you can learn from their feedback. But they will also be inspired probably to do something themselves. If they don't see you as too far away from them and you encourage them, you know, well, I did that. What are you going to do? And then they will create something and I will see it. So they're creating, then they're sharing it back to me. And I learn from what they've done. So I love this idea of this simple cycle that goes on and on. Create, share learn create share learn forever and it works in lots of different directions. Barric- you sorry your, your question was about the death thing so yeah i don't know if i want to look back on it i just want to be happy with where i am whenever i'm conscious i'm able to be conscious i'd like to say i'm quite happy here so i imagine this uh, this weird thing where i my ashes are placed into nine packets nine differently colored square envelopes and they I would be so. assigned to nine people yeah because squares are my thing And um, my artistic thing, three times three squares. square. So I thought nine square envelopes and of the different colours of the rainbow, each one would be assigned to someone who would take it and scatter these ashes in nine different places. I mean, one place per person, which is important to them. So, you know, for example, if I know a Scot where I was born, I can have a Scot taking that envelope and scattering that part of my ashes from the Arthur's seat near Edinburgh where my parents had their first kiss, you know, another person would, a, a Paris friend would take it and scatter it from a bridge on the upside, the mountain side of the Seine, just on the the bridge, the, the furthest bridge, which is still in Paris. And my ashes would then float through Paris as a kind of, uh, oh, I'm, you know, kind of getting chills as I say it, as a kind of um, Paris saying bye-bye <laughs> to me, you know, after I've kind of sold my soul to her and so on. Yeah. Nice so. play
0: on words, saying insane river.
1: <laughs> yeah. You can always say insane as well.
0: <laughs> That's true. Mm. <laughs> so what we usually do on this call is we, uh, we're about a half an hour in. So I'm just going to open it up to questions that, or comments that people have. And if they don't, we'll just carry on. I'm sure we'll have plenty to riffing on.
1: Can I show you this? You may. This is, um, this is a poem that I wrote t- about 23 years ago. I've been in Paris for a while.
3: Lifted I will. Just a smile. I will. Okay. I will.
1: <laughs> uh, and it's called My Reality. And I wrote it looking across towards Paris from the outskirts. I was living on a barge at that time. And there was a kind of raised area. And I called it My Reality. And the last line in this poem was the line that became the name of my website. And, and it's a really good line. So the poem is this. This is my Paris. My reality. No one sees what I see. It belongs to me. This is my sky. These are my clouds. My reality. I belong to no one. Paris set me free. And the last line became the name of my website. Back in the 90s, at the beginning of websites, and it it seemed to it seemed to stick with me. This simple little poem seems to be good enough now for me to. I'm quite happy with it. You know. So I had a question recently about you know do we should we regret? Are you embarrassed about what you what you'd created 20 years ago? And I thought. Well, we shouldn't be, because that was another us. Would we like us in 20 years' time to be embarrassed by what we're creating today? I don't think so. I think we should just be glad that we are creating. Sorry, that's me, blah, blah, blah.
0: No, I think that's wonderful. It reminds me, one of my favorite uh, classes that I took when I was in college was in a, uh, a summer program where we had a number of master classes by different artists who would come in and present their work and they would do it chronologically so they would start out or else and they would either start from the beginning or work forward or or start where they were and then go back to where they started from and it was the most wonderful thing for somebody who was you know 18 19 20 Mm. years old who's got that insecurity about what am i going to do how am i going to express it what it's going to look like for these very accomplished artists to present something that like a 14-year-old did or a 12-year-old did it with no embarrassment whatsoever. It was yeah. this is what I could see at this time. This is what I can see now and who knows what I'll see in the future. It was a beautiful testament to um, non-judgment and just being present to what was available in the moment.
1: Yeah and it's not that easy to do and I would add what what would be the problem with showing what they did as a 14 year old or even a seven year old with no excuses you know that's the thing we don't have to have, make excuses for because as soon as we're making excuses or saying you know well you can see this i wasn't very good at that point as soon as you do that you're you're losing your authenticity and you're you're worried about people's reactions i think just creating creating is a wonderful thing you, whenever you create anything, it's it's a marvelous thing. And that's how what I try to say to people. For me, I hate I've eliminated words like success, failure, perfect, imperfect comparison from my vocabulary or the vocabulary that I happily accept from people. So, you know, I say the only if you want to use the word failure, you can. But I'll tell you my definition of it, and that's not having a go. And success, my definition is having a go. That's my definition of success. You try it. Yeah. Not even tried, you did. You did, you know.
0: Do you ever have downtime? Do you ever find it valuable to just noodle around and let things percolate? Or do you find that you're you're in front of something and you have an immediate response to re-express it or digest it or see it fresh or see it through how you interpreted it through the whole experience of your life in this moment right now?
1: On the face of it, I don't seem to have much downtime. My, my mind seems to be forever having new ideas having said that i think i think i integrate moments where i'm i mean where do they come from they have to come from somewhere there has to be space for them to come so you know if i go for a walk in the woods then the ideas that'll help the ideas i guess when i sleep you know when i'm making food in the kitchen i have aha moments when the toaster pops up so on the face of it i don't seem to have any downtime i seem to be constantly in this kind of crazy creative but you know I spend half of my time chatting to people about their creativity. That, that's a beautiful, reflective moment. Yeah. Very strange, yeah. I think when I'm walking to the train station or I miss a train, you know, that's half an hour for, you know, you've got to, you've got to be happy when you miss a train. Not happy that you missed it, but it, it needs to be irrelevant to you. Because if you ever say to yourself, I missed the train, therefore I've lost half an hour of my life waiting for the next one. That's a terribly sad way to, to live your life.
0: So you were saying in your bio, you were talking about creativity, creativity and connection Mm. you're encouraging creativity and connectedness. can you say something about
2: that
1: well a bit like my thing with share uh, create share learn creating is a nice way of of, uh, connecting with people and uh, appreciating their creativity as well Mm -hmm. I think we're made to connect I think we're social animals we couldn't exist on our own so I think fundamentally we're made to connect and these days art is a nice way to to do that Again, they're you know they're two words. Maybe they're the same thing. You know, because when I create it's with the aim of connecting with people in maybe a non-verbal way, which is some often often more powerful than words can be a disaster. Actually, I was what, did anyone have any questions? Because I I don't want to talk all the time.
0: I'm not seeing any yet, but sometimes people are. They're confused.
2: just so.
0: They're glued wow. to their screens. Wow, this
2: is just. Can I, I can ask a question. <laughs> Well, actually, I don't have a question. I, I more have um, just an appreciation for what you're saying and your experience, Sad, that it, it's like you you live life as art. Life is art and how you live it. And it is so much in the present moment that any, any experience is worthy of being... Um, Interpreted in in a variety of ways. What I love about what you're saying is the the freedom that it offers you, and that there's no there's no judgment, there's no goal that has to be achieved. There's uh, there's nothing really outside of of the kind of of the self, of the person, of the soul that that is seeking expression and, and connection and a sense of you know how do I make something out of nothing because pretty much that's what we do every day <laughs> and I, I just I just wanted to say thank you so much for for sharing your perspective and your art I really appreciate it
1: thank you what are we trying to do every day what is our aim that's you know that's a really nice question what ultimately do we want <laughs> and it sounds pretty simple to say to be happy and yet well, that sounds okay, doesn't it, to be happy? What do we want in our lives to be happy? And um, But then the, the second question is, so how do I be happy? <laughs> it's about finding a way that we are happy for each of us. And I've found this approach. For someone else, it'll be something else. For some people, it might be having lots of money. Who, who are we to say? But uh, yeah, art, art seems to be a wonderful way. It doesn't have to be, you know, don't equate art with art galleries, for example, literally. Just having a bit of fun, doing some colouring with your kids—that will lift the soul. And then it's up to us to decide, you know, to what extent we're going to integrate that into our lives, and if that makes us happy, really. So thank you for um, saying that you um, you resonate with that. I've got got this. I want to show you something based on what you said. Make, give me two seconds, and maybe Nina, you can fill it.
0: Okay. Well, I'll just fill it with something that I I have shared before, but it, it's a favourite quote of mine by this woman Brenda Euland, who she tells a story about Van Gogh uh, writing to his brother and in a cheap garret he's going to seminary school he has no money and he's describing a scene outside his window he's got his cheap writing paper and his pencil and all of a sudden he stops and he actually does a drawing on the paper Uh, you know, with his cheap, very crude drawing. And he says, it's so beautiful. I must show you how it looks. So he's speaking to that same urge to create and share that it just, he can't help it. It just has to come out and he gets to be the one who delivers it. Who was this? Van Gogh. Ah. Writing to his brother, Theo.
1: Mm. And there's that story about Picasso sketching in a restaurant. You know that one on a, like on a paper napkin. He sketched. He was sketching on it, and he did a little sketch. And the waitress—I don't know how much I'm butchering this—but let's say the waitress came over and said, "Oh, that's just—I really like that, Mister Picasso. Do you think I could keep keep it? (laughs) I would even give you, you know, like a few dollars for it." And he said something like, "Sure, but it's twenty thousand dollars or something like that." And she said, "What are you crazy?" (laughs) Well, she didn't say this. You know, it took you like three minutes to do. And he said, "Yeah, but it took me." 50 years to be able to do it. And then someone else in a group I'm in and I'm in her group. She put up a thing one day. She said, Look what I did today. And it was literally about 16 pages of A4 with a ballpoint pen scribble on. Hello. But that was that represents a moment of her life. You know, just as much as any other moment of her life, she spent those lines represented moments of her life, even if she was just going like this. So anything is beautiful. Any any evidence of human beings being human, that's beautiful enough, isn't it? I was going to show you this, I swore, I was convinced it said art is life on it, which is why, or life is art, but it doesn't, but it says um, art is truth, Ah. with a, I don't know why it says that, I think it's just a marketing gimmick, but it's actually (laughs) quite cool, someone gave it to me, art is truth, or truth is art, yeah, but art's just another word, isn't it, art, what's art?
0: All concepts, we've got a couple other questions, let's go to Sue, and then we'll go to Martin, hi Sue. I got it. I got it. Hi. Hi.
4: I'm really happy to be here. And is it Saab or Saab? I want to say it right. Sab. 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 Yeah. Thank you so much. It's so nice to meet you this way um, and to connect with you. I'm really, really grateful that we've connected a little bit. And I've just loved this. I have absolutely no question. Well, I
1: have absolutely no answer. That's
4: that's great. Um, I'm coming up. I'm I'm working really hard on something I've never done before. And it's about making an e-course about flow and fluidity and creativity and fun and freedom. I've recently seen how I've worked really hard and launched wonderful things before, really good things before. And then when they didn't go the way I made up, they should go right away. Whatever in whatever time frame I made up, I would I would just stop offering it. I would just hide it in a box and put it in, on the shelf. And and I just and I was like, oh, here I am working really hard on something I'm all fired up about again, and I don't want to do that anymore. So I'm not gonna. I'm I'm gonna leave the box empty for now and see what happens if I let myself. I just, cause I just. You said something about the obstacles. What did you say? Uh, the two obstacles to start and to finish. Yeah. Those are my, often
1: big obstacles. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So I, I, my, I have finished before the finish. Is what I'm seeing so fucking often, and um, and I'm just. Grateful, and I'll just. You know, if you have anything to say about that, that would be lovely, and you don't need to. And I'll be leaving in a few minutes to get ready for a client call. But thank you. So that's
1: your non question. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah. So my non answer would be uh, I, I have a, I don't know what I've got. You might call it the divergent brain. I'm not, I think Nina's a little bit like this as well. Lots and lots of ideas. Um, and often that leads to big fat nothing at all. And it's irritating. Hey. It's really exciting to have the ideas. And it's exciting sometimes to, to start developing them, maybe on paper. But actually starting the actual thing, that's a bit of a drag. And anyway, you've had a new idea by that time, you know, like shiny object syndrome or whatever. It's like these courses that we all do. I just need one more. Oh, my God, I have just started this new course. That's going to be the one. Then I'll be ready. Uh, and, and that's all very well. But, you know, in the end, it gets kind of frustrating. You really would actually like to finish something that you're proud of. My, my example from this year is I'd dreamt and started courses and stuff for ages, Uh, always doing these online courses and going on forever and ever and ever. It was like I was going to do them until the day I died. And then who would I have helped? Uh, I forced myself, literally forced myself to commit to doing an online course on a specific, quite concrete topic that I was quite familiar with photography I'm not sure if I said this already today but as soon as you start doing it you forget that you had this resistance because you actually do love it you know I do love photography I just thought I was more than the photography course but the thing is you've got to touch people somehow and people need to grab hold of you you know they need to know oh that's if you just say you know I um heal the world make it a better place that's beautiful man but how can people buy that you know literally so if you, so I decided to force myself to do something, which I was able to do, a photography course. It still was a hell of a lot of work, but I actually did it. And I'll tell you another way that made me finish. I sold it before it existed.
4: Oh, you did that. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. been held out there as a possibility and I haven't gone there yet.
1: That's heavy, that's heavy stuff because you, your reputation's on the line there. Maybe you're lying. <laughs> You've sold it to people. The thing has started and the video they're supposed to be watching two day, in two days time. Does it actually exist? Yeah. Uh, but that's a really, really good way to to get yourself to do it. I, I've often worked like that, you know, for exams. and I don't know about you. I don't know what your approach is, what you need, what you're looking for, why, what your driver is for creating courses. But it, I guess it's kind of frustrating. You must have a real desire in you. And it must be kind of frustrating not to have actually just finished the damn thing. I'm sure you feel capable. I'm sure you think it'll be a great course. So why not just say, you know, damn it, you know, how selfish I'm being for not creating my course that I know is gonna help quite a lot of people. That can looking at it that way can, can help as well. Yeah. Oh,
4: it's not finishing the creation. I'm not done yet, but I, I think I will finish. It's the it's the talking about it, it's the offering it, it's the marketing it, it's the continuing to talk about it. If it doesn't sell as quickly as I've made up in my head that it should because it means I have blah 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 again yeah that's that's the stuff that i am like those things in the car wash i'm just keeping moving forward and moving those things out of my way
1: i don't know if nina has any any comments on that but i would just just start just do a little bit you know like in the morning like from 11 to 12 or 10 to 12 or whatever slot you have if possible in the morning just do it you know just do it it's the thing you do after breakfast and before lunch so it's not like you're killing your day. You know you want to do it. So just try doing it. You know, put an alarm and ask someone to be your accountability partner. The steps are okay. You know, you can do, you can do courses on what the steps are.
4: Oh yeah. So it's not it's, have, not,
1: it's not, that. Oh, it's not, it's something else. Thank you. So I mean, tell someone like me or Nina that you're going to do it tomorrow, you know, or Monday, you're going to do, start the outline for unit one or whatever, or, you know, yeah, it feels great That's when you do it. Those, it just feels, those are
4: tools that I use and they really help because I, yeah. I in a small you know i'm alone and i work alone but i have a community and that really is powerfully helpful because mm-hmm. on my own i just yeah not get very far
0: there are times mm-hmm. when we need each other right so if they say be careful what you ask for you'll probably get it good <laughs> <weigh> <laughs> i'm asking all right okay. thank you you're on well, so
1: you, you need if you want to follow that through you need to um, decide what would be use useful next steps and then actually you know, commit to them with someone else.
4: Yeah. No, excited, I got-
1: it's so fun. You know, do it. do do it. Because if you don't do it, nothing will happen.
4: Great. Right. Thank you. Thanks,
0: Sue. <laughs> okay, Martin, you are up.
3: Hello, everybody. There we go. Do do? I'll, uh, I'll, I'll volunteer to be your, uh, your accountability partner on this. <laughs> if, if you need someone to, to check in with, you uh, know, feel that. free to reach out to me. Great. Um, Thank you. So Nina, Seb, thank you guys so much. And and something that I found interesting was the that you changed the, the definition of success. And that's that's something that I've really explored lately. And I feel like society has a definition of success that a lot of people are, are kind of working towards where you, know, you have to have a lot of money, you have to have a new car and the you know, the gorgeous spouse or whatever it is and a lot of people start going through the motions of life to, to get to that point and they end up working towards that and aren't ever really happy with what they get and so when I kind of stepped away from that and realized that my definition was not that at all that really unlocked a lot of things for me and it took me a long time to get to that point and so I, I love that you were saying how you you kind of remove that from your your vocabulary. Um,
1: I don't think it's help. I don't think other people's definitions of success are very helpful. No, but it can take us a while to realize that.
3: Yeah, and what I basically my whole approach to coaching was helping people to come up with their own definition of success. And it it seems like nobody's really considered that.
1: Considered what their definition of success is, or considered yeah. helping helping them to find their own definition.
3: Either thing, people haven't really uh, gone into the definition. And uh, a few weeks ago, we were on this call, um, we were talking about getting rid of the concepts. And, uh, and I, I feel like that's just a big one that people, it's just a, a big misconception in the world right now that, that people are, are not very clear on what success looks like to them.
1: Yeah, I think what happens, for example, in the uh, midlife crisis type of um, scenario is that they're confused because they're not as happy as they thought they would be and they don't know why. And they were chasing somebody else's definition of success. And they need to realize that first before they can change it. You know, I think I think your approach of helping them to question what success is for them and then maybe modify it and make it their definition of success is great. Not everyone's ready for it. But if they come to you, then they probably are. Is that what people are like when they come to you?
3: Uh, yeah, a little bit. I, I've noticed that a lot of people are, you know, they're working, they're they're in their jobs, they're trying to get their whatever they're trying to do. And, and there's just no fulfillment, no purpose. And and I've realized over the last few months that the phrase like going through the motions, I think is one of like the worst, worst ways to live your life. Nobody, nobody's happy about that. It's just like, oh, I'm going through the motions. You know, same, same old, like whatever. And I'm just like, why are you, why are you living like that? <laughs> Pretty
1: much. So, so when people come to you, are they looking to set goals for something? Do you help me with goal setting or, or do you, do you tell them to forget goals?
3: No, I, I help them with goal setting.
1: What sort of goals?
3: It it really depends on what they're looking for, but I've helped people with like they were kind of afraid to to get themselves out there and, and weren't comfortable doing videos on Facebook or you know they were struggling with with relationships or or something like that. So those were some of the kind of things, and I've noticed a lot of people coming with confidence issues. So either uh, afraid of you know, fear of failures. Uh, fear of rejections, those kind of things, and, and helping them to to overcome those are, are really what I've been helping
1: people with. I think traditional coaching has often been about goal setting and then reaching those goals. And those goals, I think traditionally, were often quite materialistic ones, often mm-hmm. attached to money or you know some sort of material possession. They used to be quite. It was quite rare that they would actually be or a promotion. Yeah, but it wasn't that. Um, the problem with goals that I found was that often you don't actually reach them and which doesn't leave you feeling very very good. And if you do reach them, it's very short-lived, you know, for the very fact if they were too materialistic, you know, okay, so I've got a, I'm at a new position in the same damn company or or whatever, you know, the equivalent. Okay, so I've got $100,000 in my bank account instead of 80000 Well, you know, it's still basing your happiness on, on the same thing, isn't it? I've kind of gone off goals. I like goals if they encourage you to do things that, they, you feel make your life fun from day to day you know we kind of need it's helpful if we have chosen a purpose for, for getting up in the morning I don't believe too much in there being our purpose which is out there somewhere and we we if only we find it then i will be happy that's the same sort of futile sort of goal, goal chasing but I do think that choosing a purpose if you can find one that you like that's cool it's not the only one it's not that it's yours I I'm, I've decided as a game my purpose is going to be creating stuff and helping others to create but it's just a, it's not really my purpose it's just something i like doing and as I'm at my time here seems to be limited i thought you know for me to feel that i'm living a good life and uh, having a so-called purpose actually seems to help me do that so goals are okay i think because they can give you a reason for doing great things each day but e- each day is the present so one of my my overall goal that i try to get people to have is to feel happy with where they are right now which kind of means forget goals. <laughs> but goals, goals drive us forward. Goals are quite fun as well. But we mustn't live for the goal, thinking if only I reach the goal, then I'll be happy. That doesn't work. But if goals make us do really fun things every day, forgetting the goal, we'll reach the goal, but we're not thinking about the goal. It's kind of in the background. So for example, I mean, I, on the 1st of January 2018, I started a new project doing a photograph of Paris every day, publishing it with a text. And um, that was fun every day. I really love it. Every single day I get a kick when I publish that photograph and that text. But I'm not really thinking about the big goal. I've got it. It's 18 years worth of photographs and texts. It's ridiculous. But I've already, I'm, I'm approaching number of thousand now. And I don't know how I did that. I mean, I do. But I wasn't thinking every day, oh my God, only 364 to go. Only 300. No, no it crept up on me bam i've got a you know a huge book books worth of photographs and text now that's because i only focused on the day and i focused on one thing i didn't even focus it chose me that's the thing get something that's choosing you how do you choose what your passion's going to be for me I, I said look what do you do when you're trying to avoid doing other stuff you think you should be doing well that's the thing you should be doing you know i played with my photographs and wrote text creative texts whenever i was trying to avoid doing something else <laughs> and i suddenly realized you idiot, you know, what you should be doing all the time. And then you get really good at it. And it's more successful because you're, you're much better at doing something you love and you don't consider an obligation. That's my two centimes us.
3: Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much. Thank
0: you, Martin. So we are approaching the top of the hour. If there are any other questions, comments, shares, share them now or hold your peace till the next time so while we're waiting to see if any shy people are going to step up to the mic saab share with us all of your many sites that you can be reached on your facebook your yeah everything you're doing
1: yeah i wouldn't share them all because it would get confusing i mean i've got websites for poetry for writing paris photographs and writing coaching and stuff i've got quite a few the main thing is very simple what i would like people to do is to you can either go to my Facebook profile and I put stuff every day, my latest creative stuff. That's, that's good. That's simple. Um, otherwise, what I would really like people to do is to sign up for my newsletter. I have started an almost daily newsletter. It's an email thing, but it's linked to a group that I have called InfiniteCreativityNow.com. No, sorry. The group is Infinite Creativity Now. And, um,
0: Wait, what is it again? Infinite Creative?
1: The simplest thing is to go to a website. I even had, oh my God, thanks. Oh my God yeah this you can go here infinitecreativitynow.com slash newsletter and if you go there you sign up for the newsletter it's an e- it's one of these stupid email u- newsletters you know but but you can always stop getting it if you don't like it and it might be the greatest one you've ever you've ever had so you never know so basically it, i don't want to overload people so it's a creative tip every day a little creative ponder every day and an action point you know you want to take action creativity I divide it into two parts, creativity and productivity. Creativity I define as having the, the wild great ideas. Productivity is actually bringing them into reality. So so that's it. That's my thing. I, I wanted to show you this quickly, actually. It's my, my painting. my I've got oh, a of little painting you I thought you
0: were gonna show us your kitten.
1: <laughs> oh, the kitten, where is the kitten, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm kidding, silly. This is a I'm um, of a little bit a little a a and those are bigger ones you can see that that's the first one I ever did about fifteen years ago or more and that's the second one I think <laughs> so it's it's on nine squares and they have no beginning and no end so literally uh, this this column could be f- switched over there and the painting would continue and you could take this row here and put it on the bottom and the painting would continue there's no beginning and there's no end and this is uh, this is a fun concept I have so yeah, there's loads of things, but there's too many to mention. So the best thing is just to, I'd love, I love anyone who wants to get involved in being creative together. You know, it's a, it's a joint venture. <laughs> so it's all about being creative together. Creativity in a vacuum is, is nothing for me. It has no interest whatsoever. So if you'd like to get the newsletter and then from there and my Facebook profile, you become part of my universe and I become part of yours. And when you take action, something, something always happens and it's all, it's almost always good or you learn from it and if you don't take action there you are there you go nothing happens or random things which could have been better probably <laughs> take action
0: great. great well thank you so much for joining me today and thank you everyone for else for being on the call
1: i wanted to say that it's great what you're doing nina it's wonderful because i know you're an artist as well and you produce some great stuff you you're going to be a guest on my show and we'll be talking about your crazy stuff she's guys if you don't know nina she's got some amazing creations which i'm i'm dying to dive into i won't go into any more details but oh wow yeah yeah wonderful creative soul
0: thank you